Hey, this is Jeff Becerra from Possessed, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. See what I did there? It's kind of like dark and evil because we got Possessed coming on. Nice, nice. Yeah. You didn't laugh. You didn't think that was good? Well, I was waiting for you to say the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. Oh, well. But you never said you're Bruce. I am Bruce. I'm the guy that met John Schneider (laughs) waiting tables at an IHOP in the 90s. So, you know, there's that. If you know who John Schneider is, send us an email. We want to (laughs) know. I I knew, but I don't know if many of our fans know because they're probably (laughs) listening to this in their mom's basement or something. And they weren't around for the, the two shows that he was in. The Dukes of Hazard. Smallville. Oh, Smallville. I remember from the Dukes of Hazard. Denise was probably the Smallville fan. I but never I, watched. I, I watched the Dukes of Hazard growing up. Yeah, but uh, I didn't watch Smallville because I didn't have cable at the time because I was a broke ass musician. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If I if, so, if I had money, I was buying guitars or some shit. Right. So today is an interesting one because I have been a possessed fan since 1983 when their first. Uh, when the first record came out and it was like revolutionary back in 83, it was so fucking heavy and like pretty much the start of, or what some would consider the start of death metal, you know, with those guttural vocals and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, Jeff Bursera, I think his name is, or I think that's his pronunciation, but, uh, he is credited widely with, you know, being the godfather of the death metal thing. So it was kind of cool to be able to sit down and talk to him because they, they had a huge hiatus from 1983 to 87, I think they were playing. And then after that, they didn't do anything till like 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I had a really long conversation with him. He's gone back and gotten his like degree in law. He's done a whole bunch of other things there. Um, you know, he had some health issues and, but now he's back and, but their new record revelations of oblivion on nuclear blast has been, uh, all over everybody's uh, end of the year charts. And it's really heavy and it's a return to like their, original heavy death metal kind of shit. It's kind of cool. Is this the singer that's in the wheelchair on stage? It is. Oh, that's so yeah. amazing, man. That's... Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, I saw him on stage and he doesn't let it defy him at all. He's everywhere no. doing his thing and amazing. It's but it's it's just not something you see every day. No. And and I think it's I don't know how to put this. So I won't put it anywhere. That's what yeah. I said to my wife last night. Oh! oh! Hey, speaking of that, your hands move me into the right position. I stick up between two people, and if I'm in a small one, I rub against your leg. A flashlight. Oh, a gear shift. Oh, a gear shift. Dude, dude you suck at this game. <laughs> <laughs> we are not endorsed by flashlight. <laughs> At any rate, yeah, I mean, he doesn't let it define him. He's all over that stage, and, I mean, it's just amazing to see that he rebounded, you know, after all these years that he's back, and I'd say in top form. I mean, the record's great. Live, they were great. Killer stuff. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear this interview. So, if you want, without further ado, we'll go ahead and get uh, get into the interview with Jeff. Let's get him. As much as you want. How's the, uh, this this first cruise you guys have done, right? Yeah, well, we did Bars to Hell, and, uh... Oh, back in, like, 10 mm-hmm. or 11 or whatever? Okay. I, I, I loved playing. I mean, the, uh, we played day two. 
right. out on the deck, which is yeah. really cool because it's like, wow, I'm on a ship and you know the ocean and the sun and people rocking out. It's just really kind of a unique experience in and of itself. And it was so, packed. Yes. That was a great gig there. Oh, well, you liked it, huh? Oh, yeah. Nice. So I'm a fan since way back. I mean, I'm obviously old school, so I'm, I don't know when that was, 86? Hmm. What was Seven Churches, 86, 87? Uh, 85. Okay, so it was we were, close. We, we wrote it in 81, 82. Oh, really? Uh, we were touring uh, it by gigging it by 80, early 83, and we recorded it um, in 85. Okay, so yeah, so right around 85, 86 is what I probably picked up on. So I'm an old school fan, so it was so nice to see you guys. Beginning. Since the beginning, yeah. I mean, I had it on cassette, if that tells you anything. You know, nice, I, nice. I don't even think they make cassettes anymore. Uh, uh, but Before they invented CDs. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to jump around because that's what, while we're here. That's right. How does it feel to be considered like the, I don't know, Godfather's... The creator, the original, fathers. the number one death yeah. metal guy. However you want to, however you want to put that. How does it feel? Is that a lot of pressure or? No, not at all. I mean, it's the truth is the truth. We possess was very much the first and only death metal band on the planet. I know a lot of people get aggravated for me saying that, but it's not something I'm saying out of ego. It's just that the truth is important to me, and there's no money or anything in it. It's just that you know, it's it's. I think that you know, I'm, I'm proud of what my band did. And, and uh, and and I love that. And so yeah, we were the first death metal band. Of course, to make a genre, it takes a hell of a lot more than just possessed. Right. But being the first of many is really, really right. Cool. I mean, you guys uh, pretty much kicked open the gates, though, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And then um, Chuck from Death came and lived with us at the Possessed Band Clubhouse. Oh, I didn't know that. Kind of so there's a connection. Yeah, he asked my permission to call Death a death metal band. Really? That was that was he was yeah he was officially he's known as number two. Right, but it's kind of debatable because Sadus was there. Remember, so yeah. Sadus a lot. Sadus has got totally looked over because while Sadus was really a great man, they like didn't even have a PA. They were singing through a guitar amp, and they right. weren't organized well. But Chuck was very focused. You know, he, we were kind of like um, like really like-minded in a lot of ways, right? And I, re yeah, so, and I, I think that it's important that. You know, death really kind of made that Floridian sound. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Or the beginning of, but if you listen to early Possessed and early Death, there's a, like a thrashy undertone to it, right? So a lot of people want to say, oh, it's thrash metal, but there's very important distinctions. This is very not thrash metal. Right. It doesn't have that skip time as that straight time, and the subject matter is completely different, of course. Oh, and, yeah. And the Cookie Monster vocals, of course. Right, right. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and, uh that's that's very. Oh, thank you. And uh, so, um, yeah. What was I saying? So, uh, I just got a coffee. So, uh, oh, okay. And uh, so, yeah. So, I think that I think to people like me, like it's very obviously uh, o OSDM is the new term, I guess. Old school death metal. Right. Okay. And so, uh, I think that it's important not to try to make that. I think it's a significant factor in OSDM is that thrashy undertone. Mm -hmm. Just like um, folk death metal has a significant folk undertone. Sure. Or Floridian death metal has that, that Florida sound. And it definitely got the Florida sound, like the whole cannibal, yeah, yeah, that whole thing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tight, tight like, to like... Angel, I think, is out of there, right? 
Yes, yes. Oh, Morbid Angel was very significant, and so was Death. Mm -hmm. in the beginning, right? Right. And um, I love that. I love that because you can do melodies, and yeah, you know, there's that. You know, whenever you just get that, the, you know, there's that Cookie Monster straight, cook, 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 you know, like which I love too. Uh, sure. You know, like you know, what there's some like um, Cannibal Corpse. Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, they're just going sick with it, you know, like they right. don't give a fuck. And uh, I love that, dude. I love all death metal, and I think that the, the, the more, the merrier. I don't know, I'm kind of spinning off. Like no, no, no. Just you give me permission. Those, those are the better interviews when yeah. he can just, you know, go and uh, we don't even touch the questions much. <laughs> um, so, along those same lines we are talking about, how does it feel? I mean, your crowds are probably multi-generational right because you got people that are, like me bringing my kid to the shows right because it's yeah, yeah. that's a pretty cool thing yeah i'm seeing a, like, a lot of younger audience like um you'll play hundreds of thousands of people like out in europe and, and then i'll say how many people have seen possessed before like maybe a quarter right how many people are seeing me for the first time and wow like oh shit and that's exciting and yeah because i mean they're like the kids right they're 15 they're the ones who are going to buy the, the records and stuff yeah i mean um yeah, I mean, I think, it, of course, you know, I worship my old school fans, and, uh, you know, I, I'm very um, indebted to them, so I, I'm not going to spin off and do anything crazy, you know? Right. But I, I'm always, I'm wanting to push the boundaries and step outside, color outside the lines, you know? Sure. And I think they're being a little more forgiving, you know, since the new album, because I definitely colored a little outside, you know? Right. And I used to never be able to get away with that, right? So now I can do that, and so I'm going to keep trying to push it more. And do you think that's because there are, I mean, a whole new school coming in, or you think that's because people like me are just more forgiving as we're well, I think it's just getting much, older? It's a much better album too. I mean, yeah. Remember, I was working with um, you know, '80s, 1980s analog equipment back then. And uh, we didn't want to get that 80 sound. That's all we could get. So, and right. with the money and time we had allotted. So, but now, like, I don't see how bands spend millions of dollars on albums because it's all so much easier. Like, yeah, very DIY, very, yeah. very, very, very DIY. Sure. We recorded our album, um, the foundational tracks, on a, a laptop. You know. Sure. So then we took that in and used that to trigger the effects and everything else. But I mean, it's probably ninety percent analog, and of course, I'm going to take advantage of you know that big hard drive so you can just take note, take note. Okay, we'll keep that. Yeah, yeah. And you have everything all the time, right? Oh, sure, absolutely. Um, so you guys have played. Let's see what I got here. You guys have played uh, lots of the summer festivals. How does a festival like this compare where you're kind of cooped up? Is it? Oh, I like it. Oh, I like it because maybe my situation and stuff. Like I can rest whenever I want. I can hang out and um, I think I'm at a party too hard the first two days. <laughs> and now you're recovering. Now I'm gonna um, just relax, yeah, you know, right. and hang out with my father and kick back and talk to the uh, supporters and right. interviews. And I wish it wasn't over though. I feel like I. I, I was just talking to the PR people, the publicists on the way up here. I can't believe we're on day four and we're already Damn. rolling out the door. So we leave tomorrow? tomorrow yeah, in the morning, 8 o'clock. Oh, no. That's it, so sad. Isn't it right? I mean, it just feels like you're just getting rolling in the... Yeah, it should be longer. I've seen so many great... Have you seen... What bands have you seen that... Uh, oh, my God. Did you see Candlemas? I did see Candlemas, they yes. Sick, they were, They ripped oh it, yeah. God, I, that was... I like them, and I don't know where you are on on the spectrum of music, but I saw Omnium Gatherum last night for the first time. Oh yeah, they were awesome! Holy shit! Like holy shit! Like I had no idea what to expect because you know I've heard records or whatever, but they don't compare to live. Live, they're 
pure energy and pure yeah, power. It was great. They're like one of those bands that's like awesome live. Like, I was wow. blown away. Somebody said, you got to go see them. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. It fit in the schedule and I was totally, totally blown away. That's by how exactly where I'm going from too. Like, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, what's the, uh, what do you have planned for after this? You guys going to do a follow-up to Revelation? Well, I'm going to play with Mr. Bungle at the Warfield, you know. Remember Mr. Mike Patton from Big Yeah, Power. you're playing with them? Yeah. Uh, and uh, So is Dave Lombardo playing too? Yeah, and Scott Ian on guitar. Really? Yeah, yeah. But I saw the floor seats going at 600 bucks a pop. Yeah, they, 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 all the shows sold out in 30 seconds. Wow, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Dave, I mean, uh, Dave, Mike Patton, he's one of those guys that just does so much shit. Yeah, I guess what he wanted to do was, because they're only they're going to they're gonna play their demo thrash material. Okay. So, so they're, they're gonna, they wanted to get the people that were uh, inspirational to them, and, mm-hmm. and they said Mike was looking for. So I didn't even know Mike knew me, but I guess he reached out to uh, my record company and said, like, you know, well, I sound so like dumb saying this, but I guess he said like Jeff was in a, a, he asked for me by name, which right. was really cool. So, so I guess I influenced him in a, a significant. At least way. at some point, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, so that's really cool. I mean, Mike's one of those guys that does all those weird things, right? I mean, he does. He does the Mr. Bungle, he does the Faith No More, and then he did, um, what's the thing he did with Lombardo? The Oh, I missed that. I don't know. I probably it was a punk band. Just recently, he did. Oh, I can't uh, think of what the name of. I can't. Right, it doesn't matter. Anyway, he does a lot of cool stuff. So that's great. Are you guys going to do a bunch of shows? Nope, just one show. One show. And then I go on tour in March for like 20 days or a month with uh, Pestilence. And uh, so I end up fire up my traveling circus again, the 45-foot bus. Wow. The bus from hell. Yeah. You know, and uh, go on a U.S. tour. So. And, and with Pestilence, that's a pretty good uh, tour. So I'll probably hopefully catch you around. Yeah, I'll be on the East Coast. And so. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm just up in Richmond. Mm-hmm. So lastly, I mean, how does it make you feel to be when you guys finally hit that stage back after so long? Was well, that? I mean, remember, I was touring since um, 2007. Right. No, but I mean, as the as the possessed. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it took me a long time to get, like, I've been to, like, 27 members or something. So, mm-hmm. so I'm always looking for um, the best kind of musicians, and I, I feel like I found it now, which right. is cool, you know. And, um, like, I don't want to change musicians at all. Uh, even though I am taking a um, different guitarist and drummer on tour with me on the March tour. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to take um, Gabe uh, Sieber and um, and uh, 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 Clayton. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh my God! I'm just. Oh my God! Anyway, Clayton. Um, he Kegel or something, but he's a, a young guitarist and a, mm-hmm. a younger drummer and. And uh, yeah, they're really good guys. So, and that's not because I'm replacing anybody, but because of uh, you know logistics, and they're off on another tour with sure. Uh, well, because remember, Dan's also in Jerusalem, so right. So he's going to be touring there, and you, you kind of have to do that in a modern band. A lot of ways, you have to be kind of flexible and fluid. So, excellent. All right, and lastly, I guess are you working on any uh, any follow up yet, or is it too early? Well, um, yeah, I'm already Always writing writing. too. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember the, because you know when I got shot twice, it uh, took the steam out of me. I lost my fucking mind for a while, and right. then I had to get my bearings again. And, uh, and I, luckily, I went to college and made straight A's, president of my class, and and uh, you know San Francisco State University was a phenomenal experience for me and mm-hmm. really challenging. And and I I like that in my life, and I think that when you stop doing that, then life becomes really. Uh, even oh, harder, sure. harder, and so uh, and that doesn't have to be something you know climbing Everest. It's just I think that it's important to um, 
find keep engaged. Yeah, keep engaged. Yeah. So, anyway, so I, I'm spinning off again. Yeah, so, no, spinning so, off is the best. So That's what we I get am the best. writing. I'm always writing. I, I shouldn't. Be, I should be writing harder, but uh, I'm still kind of. There's an album cycle, and you tour more and more of the album until you're just touring all the songs and right. a couple old ones. And so we're about maybe two thirds of that through, and then once we're done with that, then we can put out the next one. You don't want to put out an album, an album, you know. You want to, yeah. So you don't buy into this new, uh, this new music industry standard where they're just doing singles or songs every month, or you're still like the old school album kind of guy, right? Oh well, I do like albums. I think that they're. To I do, am. I know for sure. Yeah, to do teasers that like that we put out like the Shadow Cult and the live. We do some live singles, and, and that's because it's you know your fans want to watch you, and you can reach a lot of people through videos. They don't make any money, but you do um, see a lot of people. You know, a right. lot of people. You know, you'll see like you know you know two hundred whatever thousand people have seen it like this year, and that's significant. That right. you know, so um, I think it's important to do that. And, uh, and I think that, um, yeah, but the album, I am all about the album. I wanted to do a double album, and they were like, no, they don't do that. And I don't know why people don't do that anymore. But then, so the Attention main, spans. the number one criticism that Revelations of Oblivion, our new album, got was, uh, it's too long. I was like, what? Attention like, when spans, you get a right? stake, yeah. it's like, is it too big? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, I don't understand. It, I don't understand that. No. All right, what is up? It is Pathos back with another pick of the day on the Brutally Delicious podcast. What I bring you today is from the heart of the continent of Europe, a band called Karg. Hailing from the beautiful country of Austria, they bring forth their latest album, Traktat, atmospheric post-black metal, post-rock influence. The track you hear underneath me right now is Todd will blood dine Frieden. You just gotta love all these words and I really don't have a clue if I'm pronouncing them right or not. But that's besides the point because music's a universal language, am I right, okay? I personally am myself a big fan of kind of a, a post-rock, post-black metal sound. Very reminiscent of a DBSM type of bands. Think Advent Sorrow, but also has kind of that that newer style like Seor. And really, what I just love about this style of music is that it just makes you bow your head and close your eyes and just wonder about life. Honestly, there's really not a whole lot of other styles that are able to do it as well as bands like Karg. There's really nothing to say on the production. The production is done very well. Nothing sticks out and, and distracts you. It just it lets you enjoy the music and just sit there in it. If you could take the classic dark poetry of Edgar Allan Poe and Emily Dickinson, this is what it would sound like right here. As of a February 14th Facebook post, this album, Traktat, was number 34 on the German charts. Us in America, we, we can't even imagine anything like this being on any uh, national chart. The band has a video out for this currently on social media, so be sure to check that out. Find them on Bandcamp, Facebook, YouTube. Guys, you're going to love this band. Until next time, this is Pathos with his pick of the day on the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. 
Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.